Hello, welcome to the Pop Culture Contrarian podcast with Sterling, that's me, Thomas, that's me, and Andrew. Hey guys. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the fact that Hollywood needs to stop pretending that the past was like today. Uh, so starting that off, do you have any thoughts on just that title? past values i think it was something else you were saying earlier thomas yeah the values of today might be a little bit more descriptive okay all right but the the core of this idea came from this new netflix documentary uh, made by jada pinkett smith that depicts cleopatra as a black woman and egypt as a black nation yeah docu propaganda yeah mockumentary maybe um, I, I think the the black Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites must have had something to do with this one too. Yeah, probably. Um, so we all just watched the the trailer for Cleopatra, and they have like actual historians, I guess, or their their credentials are not listed. It's just people talking. Let's just start with that quote from the trailer because it's such a great quote. <laughs> so in the trailer, you know, it opens with you know about how Cleopatra is a is a woman who is ruling and exercising power and. You know, woo, rah, rah, feminism. But we'll move past that because the quote at the end of the trailer is from one of these supposed authority figures. And uh, she says, I remember my grandmother telling me that no matter what anyone tells you, Cleopatra was black. So that just kind of tells you that they're not actually interested in dealing in fact here, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And it plays to the, uh, the race identity game. Yeah. Um, making sure that you put your racial identity or your racial reality, put it yeah. that way, as a significant definer of who you are. Yeah. This is something that most white people actually don't engage in. And maybe a lot of black people don't either. But it's more keyed into, especially it's in today's... Targeted at right, black people. Is the idea that you your race is an essential definer of your identity, and that is not something that um, is healthy in, in any context, but especially within the United States. Yeah, our identifier as an American has to do with our ideology and value system of of de- delineated in the Constitution. Right, uh, we're human beings that are under this one government where we're self ruled, and we all have values that are of equalness or yeah, we all have um, equal value under the law. Right. And and at lunch today, we were talking to our boss, and he mentioned this uh, half-Mexican, half-something-else man who performed these wonderful heroics and, and got shot up and somehow lived, right? The guy Mark was talking about. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, that guy— An American was, patriot. He was all American. You know, he yeah. was half-Mexican, half-something-else, but he was all American because right. he fought and bled for America. Yeah, And that's not the only way to be American, but that is an indisputable way to be American. But we actually need to backtrack because we haven't explained what the problem is with depicting Cleopatra as black. I was about to say, yeah. we, we need to give some context. Yeah, so you might right. be thinking, so they're depicting Cleopatra as black. What's wrong with that? Egypt's in Africa, right? Um, and that's another part of the problem. But I'll, I'll just go to back to the very beginning. So way back when, Alexander the Great conquered the known world, and he set out from Macedonia, not the country of Macedonia, the country he set out from is what we now call Greece. And first he conquered Greece, and then he conquered Turkey, and then he conquered everywhere else, essentially. Um, the, the Middle East. The Middle East and Iran and even into India. It was a lot more than just the Middle East. 
Yeah, okay, we'll go Middle East, India. Iran, I would I would lump in with the Middle East. Well. As far as politically going. And yeah. this is where North Africa comes in, too. Because right. in the modern concept, we would almost call North Africa the Middle East as well. Especially right, which Egypt. I think is a mistake. I think, I think yeah. it's a mistake to consider North Africa separate from the rest of the Mediterranean right. nations. Yeah. But we'll move on. So Alexander the Great did that. And then he didn't leave an heir in time. He did have a son, but the son was born after he died. So the... His great empire was split among his four major generals. The only one we're going to focus on is Ptolemy, because Ptolemy, one of Alexander's generals, was given what is now Egypt. And then we actually have father to son, mother to daughter, trace lineage directly from Ptolemy all the way to Cleopatra, the famous one, because there's like seven Cleopatras. Um, And if you look at that whole family tree, every single person mentioned in the family tree, bar none is Greek. And usually they're Cleopatra's aunts marrying Cleopatra's uncles, you know, and cousins marrying each other, siblings marrying each other, very much inbred. So there wasn't a lot of new blood coming into the family. And remember, it started out Greek. There is like one person in her family tree who we don't have information on, but it's like her grandmother and everyone else in the entire tree is Greek. So there's not a question here. Cleopatra was Greek and she looked mm-hmm. Greek. She she was not black. She just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And and as it is, Cleopatra was not black. Egyptians have never been black, really. I mean, there was some, you know, intermingling, especially during the Carthaginian times, I think, between, you know, all the peoples of North Africa and what they called the Nubians, who would have had darker skin. But it, Egypt has never been a nation of black-skinned people. It just hasn't been. I'm sorry, you were muted for a lot of that, Andrew, so... Okay. <laughs> um, so, Andrew's here now. If you weren't hearing him before, technical difficulties, we apologize. Uh, so, you were you were talking about having to deal with reality as it is. I think. Yeah, so we, we have to deal with the reality as it is, and I think that, in this case, there's a projection of the African-American um, identity and the history, wanting a history that is bigger than that, mm-hmm. than bigger the, than than the, the facts. than the facts of the slave identity, yeah, um, and also I think there is a misunderstanding of geography, mm-hmm. and seeing as you said Egypt as a black country because because people just assume Africa means they black. think Africa means black when we say North Africa when we really mm-hmm. shouldn't say North Africa, mm-hmm. right? And and to expand on that a little bit the big separator here between North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa is, in fact, the reason we call it Sub-Saharan Africa. It's the Sahara Desert. It's a massive desert. It's the largest desert in the world. I know technically the largest desert in the world is Antarctica. It does not count. That's snow. It's not a desert. No Sahara is the largest that. desert in the world because when you hear desert, you think sand dunes. So it's the largest desert in the world. It's, you know, Texas would not make a dent in the size of the Sahara. This place is huge. And it's a giant band across the entire, you know, uh, uh, horizontal axis of Africa that cuts off the north from from the south. Mm-hmm. And so below that is where you have darker-skinned people. And above that, they look like everyone else from the Mediterranean, which is, you know, maybe a little bit darker than Scandinavians, but not black. We have a ghost opening the door, so. The ghost. <laughs> Um, so 
yeah, so this whole thing about Cleopatra and Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith's uh, quote-unquote documentary has blown up recently, and there are Egyptian archaeologists who are Egyptian uh, uh, extraction, and they live in Egypt, and they're, they're saying, we're going to try to ban this. We can't let this happen. Africa cannot be blackwashed, or Egypt cannot be blackwashed because that's just not the truth. Well, talk about misinformation. Right. No kidding. <laughs> in that term, <laughs> blackwashed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But but the thing is people are so confused on this. I was as I was doing research for this, I was reading about apparently at one point uh Gal Gadot was cast as Cleopatra and people were upset about that as a whitewashing. When in reality she's probably even maybe a little bit too dark skinned. Yeah. I mean she's much better. You know, I wouldn't have a problem with Gal Gadot as as Cleopatra, but you know, Cleopatra would have had re- reasonably pale skin. Yes. So it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. So this just whole endeavor reminds me of the recent movie, The Woman King, which is set in uh, the other side of Africa. Sub-Saharan Africa, right? Yeah, it's sub-Saharan Africa around the uh, Ivory Coast, I guess, whatever you call that region. So uh, West Africa. West West Africa. A peak geographical location for the slave trade. Right, yes, the peak... Because that's what the movie is about. The movie is about this woman king of this nation fighting back against the evil slavers. And again, it's just not what the history was. Uh, it was the opposite of that in most cases. <laughs> and in this specific case, this woman and her tribe or nation or whatever you call it conquered other peoples in that area and then sold and them then to sold the slavers. Them to the slavers. That was the standard <laughs> that's operating literally procedure. The, the truth is the complete inversion of this movie. Um, and this hideous constant retelling and lying about the state of true history um i think is it is insidious um and it it's part of a plan i would have to think mm-hmm. um where once you have completely cut off a people a populace from any true understanding of history they are severed basically from the world they don't have an anchor to tie them back to fact and then at that point, the elites of that society, any elites, doesn't matter if you agree with these elites or not, it could be either side, can then use that to shape that populace into something more pleasing to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're trying to do here, I think. Um, they're just cutting us off from fact so that we have to believe whatever lies they tell us. Um, So that's that's one thing, and and Cleopatra, it's that's a whole ordeal. Um, but there's so many other places where Hollywood just pretends the past was something it wasn't. So in every movie you see nowadays, and books, it's all over the place. Um, even video games where you can role play, you have casual sex in pre-industrial times. What are you pointing at? Nothing. Um, and. The fact is, casual sex in pre-industrial times would not have happened, except among possibly the super wealthy elite. There, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if they had slaves, they didn't, you know, they didn't care if they got the slave pregnant. Maybe. But for ordinary people, casual sex never would have been a thing. Not ever. The price for it has always been very high. Right. Uh, it, it, you know, for the man, it's maybe not that high, but at, at best for him... If he gets away scot-free, he's still leaving a, ch- a woman and a child that belonged to him, <laughs> helpless, basically. Mm-hmm. 
And then for the woman, of course, it's, it's the end of her social life if she gets pregnant out of wedlock for yeah. most of human history. Yep. And, and they keep depicting sex as just this casual, normal thing that you can engage in without any, any real uh, connection with or bonds to the other person. And that's just not right. the fact. Well, they separated it from, from the marriage relationship, from family. Right. It's because a, in modern America, right. it has been separated because of the sexual revolution in the 60s. Yeah. And uh, it's the Western movement Europe of as well. birth control. Birth that, control. That's really essentially yeah. when the pill became that changed used, uh, changed all of human history or not right. history all of human future and made things completely upended right right and that's that when i say the sexual revolution i, I do mean contraception right. uh, that's the big part of the revolution and then of course once the contraception was there then people started pushing for casual sex and normalizing of all these sexual activities that you know probably didn't need normalizing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just—it's not so, a fact. Well, well, Hollywood is long engaged in retelling of history that is dubious, um, dubiously accurate at best in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, rarely, rarely what I would what I say that uh, a Hollywood movie is is giving you a good solid understanding of the history of whatever it's depicting. Right, that's rarely. true. That's true. Even in movies historical movies I like. You know, Braveheart, I love that movie. It's a great movie. It is not a historical movie. No. It does not depict an accurate representation of history. You know, it, it just just yeah. off the top of my head, you know, you have Edward Longshanks enacting Prima Nocta in Scotland, and that's part of, like, the critical thing that leads William Wallace to start the revolt. That's just not true. As far as I can tell in my research, Prima Nocta has never actually been a practice anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. it's like an urban legend yeah. that's right. just propagated yeah. for centuries now. Right. But people believe because they've watched Braveheart Braveheart and, yeah. that this 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 type of abuse was going on. Right. I I you know the the argument for for Hollywood is that they're taking, you know, artistic license that in order to make a story more um I guess watchable or easier mm-hmm. easier for for the audience to kind of like understand because you're having to compress history and you're having to, to you know right and depict, and depict you know you see that everywhere thoughts we have this one thinking, yeah. everyone has this one image of a roman soldier in your head you know just you hear roman soldier you think of one specific thing and in the reality roman soldiers had all sorts of different appearances and the one you think of as the classic roman soldier look would have only existed for maybe a century or two, and then it would have looked different throughout the rest of the Roman Empire. Right. Um, but it's just a lot easier to make a thousand of one costume and then use it for every other movie about Rome from then on. Yeah. Um, but there's a difference between that and making what's allegedly a documentary a right. source of fact that's right. just filled with lies. Well, well, and that's the so this is part of the the whole problem of how we get information. And it's long been there, but what we're seeing now is a more a greater willingness of people to effectively, because of a desired narrative, to be accepted and embraced. Being concerned with telling a true and accurate history uh, is secondary. Mm-hmm. So you can take elements like saying, "Well, we know Cleopatra was." Uh, 
she was the queen of Egypt at the time. Yeah. We know where Egypt is located in North Africa. Um, we can use that to associate with um, Africans in general. Right. And then we also know we have this history of the transatlantic slave trade, and that's why we have a lot of African Americans. Yeah. And so we can kind of make this weird connection because what we're trying to do is is make this storyline that's saying Afri- these Africans come from great historical figures. Right. Well, they may have it sort of, and maybe they did from their own continent the histories that were never recorded that we know about. Right. But I trying mean, to you... take in a history that we know has been recorded in regards to the Mediterranean history of of the world of the yeah. West, and and then trying to inject this kind of twisted um, reality or twisted narrative into it to try to then can make this new assertion that su- supposedly Cleopatra is black or something, and so therefore it validates the the id the i identity of black people in America. Right. It I gives mean, just, them a, a historical figure to latch onto. Yeah, of. it's kind of like which, a George Washington or something. Yeah. Which is, is just kind of ludicrous, because if you actually look in history, you can find some people um, in the, who are actually more likely to be ancestors of African Americans today. You want to talk about the richest man in history ever? Either of y'all know who that was? He was a slave trader, I'm afraid. Uh, uh, he may have been. I don't know on that. His kingdom was. Probably. Yeah. Any yeah. idea? Well, not Solomon, though. No, he was, no. He's up there. He's up there. But in terms of historicity, he's hard to pin down. It's hard to pin down exactly, you know, when he lived and stuff like that. But this person we know lived was named Mansa Musa. Oh, uh, I've heard that he, name And he before. lived in West Africa. Yeah. In the nation of Mali at the time, not the same as the Mali we have today. And he was so wealthy that when he made the Hajj to Mecca, because he was he was Muslim, when he made that trip across Africa, which... It should be pointed out this trip would be basically from West Africa to Egypt and then a little bit beyond. That's going to be like crossing from Los Angeles to Chicago or farther. It's mm-hmm. a huge distance. Yeah. So when he did that <laughs> on his trip, he gave away so much gold because he just had so much gold. He was so fantastically wealthy. He was just, you know, tipping someone for something minor, a gold nugget or whatever. And he did that so much that he just destabilized economies across the entire African continent because he was too wealthy. <laughs> and so on the way back, he actually had to try to undo some of the damage he'd done because he just hadn't thought about the fact that if you flood the market with gold, no one's going to be able to buy anything. Yeah. Well, so, so like that's an actual historical no, figure. No. Literally the richest right. man in history. And you're not telling any stories about him and you're going to pretend Cleopatra was black? What are you doing? Well, Cleopatra's a woman. Right. And let's not forget that this is a, also in that uh, video clip that we watched. Mm-hmm. I mean, this feminism is also another identity identity thing that we yeah. we have to tell stories about strong women, historical women that did stuff in the world. Not that there are a lot of them, and yeah. they and they, but they were not quote strong women in the same fashion as maybe the feminists would like to identify them Right, as. the feminists, you know, you'd think they would love the story of Esther in the Bible, but she's not the right kind of strong woman, even though she literally saved an entire nation from genocide. Yeah. She's not the right kind of strong woman. Yeah, I, I think it, it's the curse of the identity. It's identity politics, and that's what we're seeing here. In America, 
Now, Americans have always had identities. That's mm-hmm. But the patriot is is the Amer- the quintessential American identity is that of the patriot. Right. You can have sub-identities right. as an American, but then once someone is a patriot, that is the primary identity. They are right. a patriot, you're a patriot, that's all that needs to be said. Right. So all, all of this stuff, ultimately, this identify, identity um, worship, I guess you could call it, Mm-hmm. Is destabilizing because it it it's divisive by its very nature. Yeah, because what you're saying is you are special and different from everybody else, but you're a part of this one group. But ironically, it eliminates the individual because mm-hmm. the individual has their own personal story, um, and their personal story likely has nothing to do with Egypt. Right, and has nothing or to Africa or Africa or even slavery. Well, and even if it does have something to do with Africa, again, it's it's still Africa's the second largest continent on Earth. You can be from Africa and have no relation to someone right. from another part of Africa. Mm-hmm. Well, but it, it, it's interesting too that we're being told we have to look backwards all the time yeah. to have this sense of of who you are, instead of looking forward and saying, "Who am I becoming?" What decisions am I making in my life? How am I advancing and becoming something yeah. that is more significant to you than whatever past that you cannot change occurred? Mm-hmm. Stop using that past to constantly hamstring people's ability to develop and grow. But that's what we've done. We've seen it. We've seen it over and over and over again. You're limiting people to this identity that you're declaring. You're this. So you have to think this way, and you have to vote this way, and you have to um, always look at everything around you through this lens. And and you're being told everybody looks at you this way, everybody sees you this way. Yeah, that and, it's just and, not and true. It's not true. And this exact same play has been made against other people groups in the yes. past. You can point to it right here in the South. How much damage was done specifically to white people in the South? After the Civil War, by continuing to buy into and and you know believe the the white supremacist idea, yeah, it was horrendously damaging. Today, if you know a white supremacist in the South, I guarantee you, they are not well off. Their d- parents weren't well off, and their grandparents probably weren't well off. Well, you it's know, not. Yeah, it's not a path into success. You know who else played this identity game? Who? The Nazis. Right. They literally were sending out archaeologists and historians to yeah. try to like find you know the the history for the Aryan race. Yeah, and that's true. All this other stuff. It's and it's all bogus. Yeah. But they were doing it anyway because they're trying to create this identity for the German Germanic yeah. peoples. And you want to talk about and, and not how they're being superior. A path to the future. I mean, is there any idea that's more discredited than the superiority of the Aryan race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's also interesting. Another parallel there is the German people having experienced like, you know, 50 plus years of beat down mm-hmm. and feeling like they were just destroyed and um, their people were under attack and I mean, more or less just um, abused. And I think this, in some ways, a parallel to what the um, what we're talking about with the um, African slave identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not quite to the same extreme, but as a nation, in this case, being diminished. 
and then wishing, saying all of these outside forces are seeking to destroy us because they just want to keep us down. But we really have this bigger thing because we're, we're bigger than all of this. Right. And then, um, and then going and finding that history to justify it. Right. And that's always a mistake, right? When you already have the result you want and you go looking for evidence to match that result. It's mm-hmm. always 100% of the time that's a mistake. That's yeah. the wrong way to go about that. An example of that was um, I recently saw on Pierce Morgan, he had these two um, black women who were claiming that the uh, English soccer clubs or football clubs, mm-hmm. Manchester United and Manchester City, in their crest mm-hmm. of their logo, they both have these sail- sailing ships. Right. And what they were trying to claim was, well, the, those might be racist because they – they may have been slaver ships. That's one tarnation. That's, <laughs> I, I that can was tell the claim you... they were trying to make. And of course, Pierce Morgan, to his credit, was like, "This is that's absurd." And he, <laughs> he also noted that both these clubs started the earliest one started like thirty years after the slave trade had been abolished. <laughs> so it's literally just not even possible. Well, yeah. without knowing that, I could have told you they weren't slave ships because there was no glorification of slave ships at all. No mm-hmm. one liked slave ships. They smelled horrible, mm-hmm. understandably, because you had packed human beings in like sardines and woefully mistreated them. But the, there was literally an aura of like, this thing is horrible around slave ships. Yeah. So no one ever would have celebrated that and put it on their emblem of anything. Right. Well, there is a... As much as slavery was accepted both in the United States and in England, yeah, there's always been, and across that entire time, people who objected to it. And there's always been a sense over that entire time that it was, even ex- those who accepted it, that it was still kind of accepting of something that was not morally great. Right. Right. You know, it, it, and so it was almost... It's almost like being involved in some type of in let let's let me use this as an example. This is not equivalent, but it let's say you work in a um a meat packing factory or something. Okay. And you're you're basically what you're doing is slaughtering cattle for mm-hmm. a living. Now, there's nothing immoral about that, but you are dealing with the killing of animals constantly. Yeah. And it's not a type of work that most people would aspire to in or even want to go around talking about, yeah, this is what I do for a living. Isn't it great? Right. It's and just we don't, like a, it's a necessity because right. human beings need meat. And we, we wouldn't have sports teams named after, you know, slaughterhouses. Right. Exactly. There, there's can nothing you like that. You can look far and wide. There's no sports teams named for slaughterhouses or abattoirs in general. West yeah. in butchery. You're right. You know, it's actually and, kind of cool. And so I think <laughs> that's on the band name. I think that's another example of how, our value system today that has become hypersensitive toward this stylized history regarding what we project slavery was like at the time and the attitudes of the people at the time without really doing our due diligence to really recognize what they really thought about it. Right. And we've caricaturized slavery so much to the point where it's always the worst rendition of it ever. And never is there possibly a situation where the slave was actually doing pretty well. Right. And to, and to suggest that is to say, well, those were the, those were the far and few between slaves and those, 
they, they those were the slaves that learned how to just go go along to get along. Right. I mean, and and it's horrible and kind of cold to say it out loud, but the fact is, if you are a slave owner and you're intending to own these people from grave or from cradle to grave, it's in your interest to keep them healthy and reasonably happy, so that they're able to put in the work you need them to do. Yeah, I mean, obviously there was a lot of there were there, there were was sadists. Abuse. There's there plenty of were. abuse. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it, it, it's you know, and the, the, the what's most morally objectionable to to the to the whole thing of slavery is not necessarily the abuse, the physical abuse. Or it's the, the idea emotional. that a human being can be property. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 the that a human being can be controlled by another human being where they have no personal volition to make decisions for themselves and how they're going to live, mm-hmm. which is ironic because that's exactly what the identity folks are trying to do. They're trying to enslave your your mind and how you think of yourself. They're saying, if you're this color skin, you must identify with this. Well, it's even more think than this just that. way. It's, it's, it doesn't matter what your color, what your skin is. It's, these are the acceptable options for now. Right. We're going to remove three or four of those by next year. But for now, these are the acceptable yeah. options. You aren't even allowed to think about right. the other options. If you even like consider what are the other options, you're immediately evil. You're cast yeah. out from the group. Right. 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 So, so it is, it is, that's an interesting parallel I hadn't yeah. thought about. And, and I just, I, that's what, and that's why I think when they talk about slavery, they don't focus on the worst part of slavery, mm-hmm. which is that is, you aren't free to make choices for yourself and right. and to determine your own destiny. That's the worst part. I'm of sure it. you could make a powerful movie about a person who was a slave who doesn't get any like outright physical abuse their entire life, and the takeaway from the movie will still be that was just a horrible thing to watch. Yeah, the it, human being being bought and sold and traded. Of course, yeah. It's just and and it's you know I've read letters from slave owners. Uh, in the South, just before the Civil War, bequeathing slaves to their children. And just reading it, it's just like, ugh. ugh. Gross. It's, it is, it's more than gross. It's just like, how, how could you be good at anything if you can do this kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously the dehumanizing element. And yeah. we, we would say in our, in our era today, the biggest problem is not slavery, although that seems to be what everyone wants to still talk about. Right. Um, it's abortion. Yeah. And we want to talk about dehumanizing element. The way abortion is talked about is absolutely dehumanizing because yeah. it's talked. We're talking about little it, human it, beings, and yet what we're saying we're having discussions over whether or not they should be allowed when they can be terminated and when they can be called human. Yeah. And it's just ludicrous and. <laughs> Uh, we will move on from abortion, but I'll just, yeah. my argument has always been, is the embryo, fetus, whatever you want to call it, baby, is it living or is it inert? And they have to respond, it's living, because it obviously is. Is it a squirrel? Is it an ant? Is it a fish? Is it a bird? No? Is it a human? Yes! Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's living and it's human. It's human life. That's all there is to it. That's all. Logically, you cannot arrive at a different conclusion. You can then say, sure, it's human life. I still think it's okay to kill it when it's that small. I actually have a little microscopic bit more respect for that than pretending that it's not a human at all. Saying that, yeah, it's a human. We're going to say it's okay to murder him anyway. 
tiny bit more respect for that because at least you're you're admitting that it's a human being right but yeah it's just you cannot logically arrive at a different conclusion that than that the baby at any step once the egg has met the sperm is a human life yeah so going back to the to the main topic here of history Mm -hmm. and the fact that they just can't tell the truth about history the problem is that americans and Maybe it's true overseas as well in, in the rest of Western culture. But I know, particularly in America, we don't know history and we don't know geography. Mm-hmm. And you need to know both of those things. I think it's, it may, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think that may be uniquely true to America. It might be, yeah. Uh, I have the impression that um, Europeans may have a better grasp on history yeah. than we do. Well, and uh, certainly in some areas, they have a better grasp on geography. Because it's a little bit more relevant. Mm -hmm. Americans have better grasp of American geography, or probably comparable grasp of American geography to Europeans and European geography. But despite that, I would probably give them the edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that necessarily. I do know that we, um, you know, history is it. History is kind of a loaded subject in the sense that we do know that as objective as we would like it to be it is always going to have a pretty strong element of subjectivity attached to it. Right. Any historical account you read will be subjective to some degree. And so understanding how to train up people to navigate that and recognize that uh, there are historians that have done their due diligence to be as accurate as possible and to be as unbiased as possible in telling of history. And there are others that clearly have an agenda. I mean, we just see this docu-series or whatever it is. That's obviously a biased agenda that isn't even... It's not even hiding. Not even hiding. They almost explicitly say they've got an agenda in the trailer. Right. And it's it's not about actually telling history. What they're using is elements of history. Cleopatra did exist. She was the queen of Egypt for a time. Um, And they'll probably put the dates down pretty accurately as well. But beyond that, it seems like it's just fiction. Right. And this is helping people understand that and say when you're looking to tell history instead of trying to fit yourself constantly into it by connecting yourself to somebody in the past i mean yeah. i think it's natural and it's not necessarily wrong but you also have to recognize what you are as an individual and why the time in which we're living and the progress we've made in certain ways and the regress we've made in other ways specifically regarding values yeah. sexual ethic values um matters and how we should understand that and then how we judge people in the past i think that's what you're kind of we were kind of getting at the very beginning this when we look back and what hollywood has done is it tries to take today's values and then subject the past to those same values and then most of the time condemn the folks from the past from being so quote backwards well well, the expanding on that a little bit the point is they're not just projecting these values onto the past they're giving the implication that these historical figures in the past... Always had these same values. Had the values, right. were raised on these values, and knew when they were contravening one of these values. Right. Which is just absolutely not the case. Well, it's... it's And this is part of the the, the kind of the postmodern view, uh, what postmodernity has done when it, re, when it comes to truth. Yeah. Um, in fact, what... What it tries to suggest is that everyone has always been living under this kind of subjective view of values and reality. Right. And the, the, the idea that there was absolute truth that people would gravitate to and try to uphold is always been kind of a foreign thing. Right. 
the the other thing in the trailer that we haven't touched on yet is that is they're talking about Cleopatra and the trailer opens with a line something like there was a time when women ruled and blah 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 and were warriors and that that bit women warriors in history is just and the woman king is guilty of it too were there women at some times and some places literally Mulan is a historical figure who who fought in wars as soldiers yes mm-hmm. it did happen you had Joan of Arc you had Mulan you had some others Joan of Arc was special because she was the only French girl who was fighting. Yeah. That's why Joan of Arc was special. There was lots of French girls. One of them was a warrior. Yeah. Well, it, it's the mistake of making the, the exception, the rule. Right. Just because you have a Joan of Arc, like you pointed out, yeah. doesn't mean you had a Jane of Arc and a Jill of Arc. Right. And you, you had the one, and that's why people noticed her. Right. Um, they're, they're unusual. Mm-hmm. That's why we recognize them. And um, we have we we have male warriors throughout history. Obviously, many of them in every culture and but universe. Some mm-hmm. of them are known for being great world warriors and recognized. But mm-hmm. often it has to be beyond just that. It usually has to do with something that they accomplished, like um, like we were referencing like Alexan- Alexander the Great. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he's a great warrior, but he was more than just him being a great warrior. Yeah, it wasn't. We don't remember him because he was so good with the sword. We remember him because he was possibly the greatest general who has ever lived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, his strategies were unparalleled in right. the ancient world. Right. And then he died at 33, right? Yeah. But he only died, he didn't die in combat. He didn't die because someone beat him. He died because he had a disease. We're not sure which, but we think it may have been... Uh, VD. Uh, it was definitely a venereal disease. Uh, don't, it's the one that begins with S. Syphilis. Syphilis. I think, I think that's what people mad. think. I'm not entirely sure if that would be... Well, I don't know, but I thought that syphilis came across... Um, from, the, from the New World? Yeah. It could be. It could be. Uh, I know syphilis in, in just about every European nation is called, you know, like in France, it's called the Italian disease. In, in <laughs> Italy, it's called the German disease. In Germany, it's called the Dutch disease, you know, et cetera. Yeah. What's it so called they, in the U.S.? Syphilis, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> well, it came from the Native Americans. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then yeah, it wouldn't have been syphilis, obviously. But uh, I think people believe Alexander the Great had a VD, and that's what killed him. But yeah. But the fact is, women warriors have always been exceptional, you know, recognizable. We have these ideas of cultures of women warriors, and that, as far as I can tell, comes solely from Greek myths and the idea of the Amazons. Yeah. There have never been cultures of women warriors in history that I know of. And I know a fair bit about I mean, they don't have their whips and shields. (laughs) Right. Xena. (laughs) Right, right. And it's a fun idea. Like, there's nothing wrong with depicting a woman as a warrior. There have been women warriors. But the presenting, as this trailer seems to be presenting, the idea that women were always warriors until the patriarchy came in and suppressed them is just... Not true. In, it, it's not true, and it's insidious. I, I use well, that word a lot. Let, let's, 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 let's say it's not only fiction, it's science fiction. Because of the fact of the matter is we're seeing this right now in mm-hmm. our day where transgenders are entering female sports, and what are they doing? They're, They're just dominating. blowing away these records for women. So yeah. far, blowing, blowing them away so far, like... Do y'all seriously believe Leah Thomas's swimming records will ever be broken by any person who was born a woman? Female. No. No. 
because the, he's beating these girls by like six minutes in a race that takes 10 minutes or whatever. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. These records are untouchable because of the, the natural sexual dimorphism that exists in human beings and yeah. every other animal on the planet. Yeah, the yeah. guy's got testosterone. I mean, no, I mean, th- <laughs> that's just an, that just demonstrates the fiction behind the notion that there's been histories of these wo- female warriors. Right. No, they, I'm sorry. There occasionally were one here and there. We, and they <laughs> stories have been written about them and probably stories embellished because historians, just like they are today, Love lots of them have, have an agenda and they expand the, they expand the feats of these different individuals often well beyond reality. Well, and, and even if it's not because of an agenda, it's just more fun or urban legend creeps into the historical account, like the story of George Washington chopping down the cherry tree. That's not true. But everyone knows it. It was a peach tree. We know that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the the whole documentary of Cleopatra seems to be completely full of agenda and full of very little fact. Yeah, it's it's obvious on its face. I I don't know if you want to get to this, back to Hollywood again, but but I thought one of the one of the trends that we've witnessed um, not just in Hollywood, but definitely in Hollywood, is the kind of woke washing, let's put it that mm. way, of past films because of we've seen it with literature. Yeah. And now we're seeing it, with, and we've been seeing it with You're films. Seeing and stuff. it with literature, you mean where they're trying, some people are banning To Kill a Mockingbird because it uses the end. Well, not, or, not even banning, but like. Uh, rewrites to edit out certain terms, uh, words right. that are when, deemed defensive, etc. When my eleventh grade English class went over Huckleberry Finn, we uh, the teacher said, "When you get to the N word, just say black, and when you get to Indian, just say Indian." And of course, one black kid in the class forgot to change the N word and just read it out loud, and everyone blew up. But <laughs> he you did, know, did he get kicked out of class? No, he was fine. No, of course, because he was black. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I think that um, it maybe a, a, a glimpse of some sensibility within Hollywood came recently when uh, Steven Spielberg was being interviewed by Time Magazine. Yeah, this Time is an 100. interesting quote. Yeah, and he well he was um, asked effectively he was asked about the fact that in ET mm-hmm. that came out in 1982. Um, one of the scenes is when the kids are on the bikes r- racing away with E.T. to try to... In, near the away end, from the government. Yeah, near the end of the film, mm-hmm. there's cops that come out with, with guns. Okay. Well, in his re-release of the film 20, 20 years later, in, in 2000, um, 2002... Okay. He, uh, he edited out the the rifles and replace them like walkie-talkies or something because mm. guns, you know. Right, guns butt. are scary. Well, uh, so he was asked if he regretted doing any of this. And it's interesting what he says. Um, he basically says that, he said he calls it, that was a mistake. I never should have done that to E.T. Uh, it's a in it's an era, or he said it's a pro, E.T. is a product of its era. mm which I think is interesting. It's like, in other words, he's saying this is a piece of history. Yeah. Whether or not you, whether or not we currently agree with the view that is being shown, 
mm-hmm. or described or whenever what it what it let it be what it is. He went on to say, no film should be revised based on the lenses we are now either voluntarily or being forced to pierce through. Pierce I mean, through. that's what a great quote. I know it is. It is, and it's just from the point of view of the historical record, just so valuable yeah. to have that because you know the 20th and now the 21st century will be most probably the most well-documented time in human existence ever up until now um where we have all these even fictional movies still showing true things about the culture and the world at the time and so in 1982 in a kids movie about trying to keep an alien away from the government because they're going to experiment on him it didn't seem out of line to have police officers with rifles trying to stop them that was something the audiences were primed to expect. And in fact, honestly, you'd still see the same thing today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the agenda that has has derided firearms as these, these evil in and of themselves. And mm-hmm. if you have law enforcement holding them, especially in a kid's movie, the idea is it's sending a threatening, dangerous message. Yeah. That might be the logic behind it, maybe. Um but the point he seems to be recognizing is the danger of trying to change the past to fit the mold of the sensitivities of today because you don't know you we're in a dangerous era in the sense that so much of our history mm. is contained on something that can be so easily edited right you yeah i mean we do still have vhs tapes that exist but yeah mostly it's all being digitized now, and when you digitize it, you have the option of editing. Right, yeah. and now with our AI capabilities mm-hmm. and the scariness of that, where it's making it harder potentially to recognize um, reality. I can from, point from to three times in the past week where I started fiction. watching a video, and I was like, hang on, what's going on? Like The most recent one was a speech Elon Musk was allegedly giving, where he starts saying, you know... He starts saying, your smartwatch can tell when you're, you know, doing all these activities. You don't really want your smartwatch to know. And he just goes off in, you know, crude language. And it's hilarious. But mm-hmm. it took me a good 30 seconds to realize, wait, this is AI. This, this is isn't real. what he actually said. Right. Yeah. And so I think that it is important that, you know, um, Hollywood doesn't, fall prey to doing it to itself, yeah. which is the irony. It's done it in how it tells stories of history for eons, yeah. effectively. But when it comes to it itself... Lying about the product you actually created, yeah. Back in the past and wanting to go back and like... Now, editing films for certain aspects of like... Um, Especially maybe regarding like special effects, right? Quality. The, the example here would be the the original Star, Star Wars, Wars movies, for where example. George Lucas kept going back and editing them. Right. And I'm still not a fan of that, but it I'm wasn't. Not. It wasn't but about it was, rewriting the past. It was we have better except, special effects. Except now. who shot first? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. Yeah, but Han shot only. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's. It's good that that like Spielberg here, who is a man of the left, by the mm-hmm. way. But he's recognizing the danger here. Yeah. And he's a genius movie maker. You're right. And well, so he's recognizing, look, this film, if if you go back, one of the be- one of our best ways of of effectively touching recent history mm. is through the medium of both music, books, and film. Right. Film's a good one. And if you go back and watch movies from the seventies, 
that are depicting the 70s and the time and the stories. Right. You get a flavor of what life was like in the 1970s. Right. And and this topic is actually, uh, I'll, I'll bring in another example, uh, an even more recent one. So there was this TV show in, starting in 2009 called Community. It was a very funny sitcom. I'm a big fan. In, I think, season two, they have an episode where they play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And in Dungeons and Dragons, there's all these different races and species you can be. And so one character gets a, a species of dark elf, and that's the, the race of their character. And so he comes up, comes in, in costume, and he has painted his skin black. It's not a human skin tone, it's literally black. And it doesn't look like blackface, he's got the eyelashes, he's got, you know... Pointed ears. He, he does not look like a human being, which is the point, because he's not supposed to be a human being, he's supposed to be an elf. Pointed ears, yes. Um... And they even address it because there's black characters in the show. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I feel okay with that, but it's a joke and it's funny and it plays well. Well, now they've gone back and just removed that episode. So you'll watch through community and not even know it was there. Ridiculous. Which is, it's altering history. It's yeah. lying about the product you created. Right. And, and all, it's lying about what audiences in 2010 would have thought was acceptable. Well, well it's also being, um, it's conflating the painting of one's skin with blackface. Right. Blackface was a specific um, theatrical makeup that was white actors intentionally creating this caricature of a black person, but in the most unflattering manner. Right. When I think of blackface, I think of, one, it's an actual human skin tone usually, but it's, it's black skin... And the big red lips. That's like a part of what right. blackface big, means. Big red or white lips. Right. Yeah. That was it that was a specific time in a specific history. And the reason it was offensive was because of how it caricatured black people. And the way it was used, yeah. Yeah. Now when you're doing something where you're toning down skin to look like someone else, but you're not doing it as a caricature. And you're not necessarily. even supposed to look like, human. Like I think one of the best ways one of the best movies that actually picked fun at this and ma- and was insightful in this was um tropic thunder mm-hmm. oh yeah it is you know? it's a great one and and that kind of picked apart this the director argument. on that has has not <laughs> listened to any any hate on this and it's just like no <laughs> it stays no. yeah yeah that was the director was um uh why ben stiller ben stiller, ben stiller. oh okay Ben Stiller was in it. He was a star, but he's also the director. director. Oh yeah, Um, but that was—I mean—that movie was comedic intentionally, but it was also thoughtful because what it was doing was holding up a mirror to the notion that we are to be hypersensitive to all these things and assume all the worst in people because we have this association of like, oh, they did this, therefore they're evil, And, and it kind of picked apart the whole identity. It was kind of a, a riffing on the whole notion of this identity um, of, of, of your uh, the identity politic kind of thing. Yeah, identifying with like a people right. kind of thing. Yeah, that was one of the elements. Of course, one of the other elements was this heroes, military heroes, right, you know, right, stuff like that. Yeah, it's a great movie. Very funny. I had a segue from that. Okay. But I did, forgot did, what it was. Did you fall off down fell, the cliff? I fell down the cliff because <laughs> Tropic Thunder was so hilarious. That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, Sorry to derail you. <laughs> simple Andy. All right. Well, we've we've covered Spielberg. Pretty sure that was... No, simple Jack. Simple Jack. Yeah. yeah. That's where you have the famous line. 
<laughs> I won't break character till I record the DVD commentary. All right. Uh, well, I'll just throw in these last couple of things because there are in, on the topic of not depicting history accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it even in video games. You see it in books as well. Um, but I'll just talk about the video games. So in the Assassin's Creed video games, the ones that have been coming out more recently, they're letting you choose if you want to be a boy or a girl. And then they're letting you choose if you want that character that you're creating to have a romance plot. And so they they littered the world with these men and women who you're allowed to interact with in a way that will lead to romance because they just want it to be a real realistic world. And so if you're going to be a boy and a girl, you need boy and girls. But then the, they don't actually assume anyone is heterosexual in the entire story. So you can be a woman and romance all the women. And it's just treated like it's normal, which it wasn't normal Mm-mm. at any time in history until 1960. If it's before 1960, it was not normal. It just wasn't. And casual sex wasn't normal either. So, Except for at the end of major empires when they were fall, right, starting right. When to fall. You, when they got especially debaucherous, but that's why we have the word debauchery. Yeah. Because it means throwing caution to the, caution wind. To the wind and just yeah. engaging in all the sensual pleasures you can that find. That type of behavior actually is uh, depicted, but generally... In stage of civilization. Right. Oh, well, it's always negative. Debauchery has never been positive. It's, it's, yeah. ne- it's always negative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've covered most of our talking points, so I guess it's time to wrap up. We have talking points? <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you have any final thoughts? I do not. No thoughts in Andrew's head. Thomas, what about you? You got thoughts in your head? I do, but they're not worth sharing right now. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, well, this has been the Pop Culture Contrarian Podcast with Sterling, Thomas, and Andrew. On mute. (laughs) At least for the first five minutes. (laughs) All right, we hope you'll tune in next time. Bye. Bye.